Handbook for Humanity is a production of the DeZormo Foundation, a nonprofit whose goal is to support the dignity of life, born and unborn. If you would like to support Handbook for Humanity and our mission to share truthful conversation about the body, spirit, sexuality, and being a better human today and yesterday, visit DeZormoFoundation.org. That's D-E-S-O-R-M-E-A-U-X Foundation.org to donate Look under Funds column and choose Theology of the Body. Thank you for your prayers and support. Welcome back to Handbook for Humanity. If you're joining us after our last episode, we talked about what is human experience. And as we continue to build on a lot of the other foundational concepts, uh, this week, I believe, we are going to dive into heart of the matter. What does it mean to have an interior life? I am Colby Allen, and... As always, joining me is Miss Adele and Becky. Hello. Hello. Hey, glad y'all are here. Glad we, oh, this is going to be a good topic. I like this one. I think it will be. So the, I think kind of some of the main things we want to talk about today or maybe discuss today, heart of the matter. So this idea of the interior life, maybe when you think about personality types, a lot of people, you know, we kind of default to, oh, they're introverted, they're extroverted, they're very social or they're very reserved. I know last week we talked a little bit about <clears throat> experiences and how certain people behave certain ways based on what they may have experienced in life. I think, though, a common experience we all still have is we have an interior life. Yes. Whether you recognize it or not. Yeah. Yeah. We all have a heart. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not just a fleshy beating organ, but mm-hmm. something about ourself that's deep, central, core of our being. Yes. That we all have. Mm-hmm. And so today, maybe we'll kind of dive into what does it mean, like when we speak about the heart, like what are we really kind of referring to? Really, what our um, what our faith tradition, you know, all of us who are sitting around the table, Catholic, um, talks about in the Catechism about the heart being uh, the dwelling place where I am, where I live. Um, that it is the place to with to which I withdraw. Mm-hmm. Um, our hidden center. Um, it's the place of decision deeper than our psychic drives. Hmm. Well, I love that, huh? Mm-hmm. It's a place where we choose life or death and that it is the place of encounter because as in the image of God, we live in relation. We've been talking about this all of our episodes in some way, the, the relationship that we have um, with ourselves and with other people. Um, and the final piece that, that is spoken about is it is the place of covenant, which is like a deep, deep commitment, right? A deep commitment, um, a lasting commitment. Um, so, yeah. That reminds me of Jesus's sacred heart. Mm, what a deep commitment. The covenant. Mm-hmm. I will never leave you or forsake you. Yeah. That, I don't yeah. know, when you said that, that's yeah. just what popped into my mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the other piece um, that I loved as we were preparing for this is is uh, from uh, from the theology of the body um, talking about um, that uh, when Christ talks about the heart, which is something we're going to discuss uh, about the interior life, um, he's talking about the unique and unrepeatable in the human person. Um, what is decisive about the person from within Mm. the category of the heart is in some way equivalent to personal subjectivity, which is what 
a lot of what we've been talking about as well is yeah. that yeah. experience with the interior life um, in the experience of solitude in the experience of shame in relationship to one another all of these things come from the place of what is unique and unrepeatable in each one of us that's something I hope we continue to use a term as we delve into and and break open and talk about different topics is what is unique and unrepeatable um, in the human person the dignity of the human person really right um, when you think about too like I guess how either in movies or when you still look like a hero like oh they have heart mm. when you meet someone that's you, you kind of are drawn to like they have a lot of heart or somebody needs courage right yes have heart right yes. have, have courage like mm-hmm. rise up so yeah, it's, it's uh, something within us that it's not necessarily physical, not tangible, mm-hmm. can't see it, but it's something about a person that you, we have to get to know in a way. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I, I'm, I'd like to just comment on, uh, Becky, what you had said that was very eloquent and beautiful. Um, what I was thinking of, what is the heart? It's that innermost recess of the human person, uh, as you said, seat of judgment uh, or decision, whatever, and where we hold conversation with God. Mm. Conversation with God. That's that's where we communicate. And, and I think my comment that just popped up about the Sacred Heart, that, yeah, that's where we most intimately communicate with the most intimate one who knows us the best, yeah. Yeah. you know. Yeah, heart to heart. It's a heart to heart talk. Yeah, you know, kind of thing. Okay, yeah. and I think even people who have are not of a faith tradition, a Christian faith tradition. I love this uh, quote from, um, oh gosh, who was it by um, Garigou, Garigou Lagrange, right? Who was yeah. a big influence on John uh-huh. Paul II? Um, uh, as as soon as man ceases to be outward o- occupied, he to talk with his fellow man. As soon as he is alone. Even in the noisy streets of a great city, he begins to carry on a conversation with himself. Hmm. Um, In a man's hours of solitude, something we've spoken about, this intimate conversation begins again in spite of everything, as if to prove to him that it cannot stop. So um, he goes on to say, the center of the soul has an irresistible need to be in conversation with someone. In reality, God and alone can really answer the need. But it's not until the soul turns the conversation to God that it becomes what is we call prayer. Okay. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I love that because it's that is a common experience when we talk about what is common to all of humanity. You can't deny that. Yeah. You know, we say all the time, Oh, I talk to myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just don't do it out loud. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> So it's it's a relatable experience of, you know, pointing to that reality of the interior life. That's so cool. And I, this other discussion question that Adele, you kind of mentioned, but what is interior dialogue? First thing I kind of thought about was the Awkward Yeti comics. Have you seen those? Oh, no, I haven't. Tell me about it. So it's <laughs> it's a comic about the different organs of the body and how they speak to one another. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, okay. There's a heart. There's a brain. Uh-huh. There's a stomach. Like all the different <laughs> organs, and the the artist. Is this like a little cartoon thing for kids? It's a cartoon. It's a comic. You usually see in the newspaper. So okay, it, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, go. Or if you want to Google awkward Yeti comics, you'll see them. Okay, I will. But uh, uh-huh. but the the most common ones that are arguing are usually the heart and the brain. 
that makes sense. <laughs> Faith and reason. Yeah. Okay, I got gotcha. you. But yeah. in, in almost every episode, there's either the brain or the heart as like kind of the central character, and it's it's so cool to see yeah. how the artist depicts those. But it's the heart that's always that's just being drawn to go do something or have compassion or 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 just want to give or just just be outside of themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. then the brain's arguing with them that, you know, that's probably not a good idea. Or, <laughs> right. or the stomach is saying, Keeping I'm, that heart in check. Yeah. Your right. phenomenology, <laughs> right. your experience. Remember last time you touched that hot stove? Yep. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we talk about this head and heart kind of thing where, like, even if, you know, we might be leaning or have experiences to be leaning one way or the other, we all have a heart. We all have that inner voice, right? Yeah. That inner that inner drive or desire that's pulling us to something. Mm-hmm. And you said that, that dialogue with God. Mm-hmm. It's it's so interesting because oh, I just think about I don't want to get too too nerdy, but one of the Eucharistic prayers is you know our desire to thank you is in itself your gift to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. So yeah. it's like our, our desire to be thankful yeah. is mm-hmm. is that inner dialogue that the Lord put within us to call us to Himself. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. it's yeah, it's that kind of like I'll say unspoken word, but yeah, until you can recognize that life kind of goes a certain way and, and we have mm-hmm. to figure out, you know, what is that? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to like, I think a lot of really well-known thinkers throughout history, it's, it's interesting to look at people that attribute their inner dialogue or their inner discoveries or whatever to God versus something else. Yes. And how their, their life has kind of uh, been guided like that per se. Mm-hmm. But I guess let's, let's shift back more to, mm-hmm. you know, like where does it stem from like this interior dialogue? I know for me, and actually before we started recording, Miss Adela told us a story that if she wants to share, I'll definitely invite her to it. I had a, a fairly similar experience during my conversion where I was going through RCA, not actually not going through RCA at the time, but I grew up Protestant. And one of the things that kind of opened my eyes to that interior dialogue and really try to s- understand what prayer is, I don't say Protestants per se, but a lot of people, when they think of faith or prayer, it's, it's vocal prayer. Mm-hmm. It's that which I say to God, which is important or meaningful. One of the things, though, in Eucharist adoration that really spoke to me was the Lord saying something to the effect of, uh, I've never left you and I don't want to see you leave me. Mm-hmm. And it was internal. It wasn't anything vocal that came out. It wasn't words yeah. that I heard. It was it was this this feeling that even in my moments of solitude, I wasn't alone. Mm-hmm. Yes. And in mind, without going into details, um, the similar experience that I had was uh, a time where, you know, things were very, very dark or let's say, um, let's say my heart was broken. We'll say that. Okay, my heart was broken and I, I was in a basilica, um, St. Anne de Beaupre in Quebec. And when I received Holy Communion, I burst into tears and I did not understand what was happening at the time and uh, but as I was returning to my seat I felt that same interior comment or word or words of 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 comfort and and it was um, I have been with you through it all so he never leaves us it's that um, um, you know that sacred heart of Jesus he's always with us and no matter and you know recently we had a, a podcast on um, phenomenology and experiences and and we we talked about people coming up in you know maybe a broken home or something like that he's with us 
He's been with us Mm -hmm. always. He never leaves us. He doesn't want us to leave him. He's there. He sees it. He's going to do something good with it. We have to let him. We have to let go and let God kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And and just trust that he does love us. He does love Mm -hmm. us and that he wants our best. Yeah. And we just, we can't, we can't even fathom it, you know. So, yeah, that was my experience uh, at St. Anne de Beaupre. And, and after, when I, when I visited the relic there, it's this huge relic. It's not a little bone chip. It's like the whole forearm of St. Anne. Catholics Je- are so weird, but I love it. <laughs> I love it. We're, I love weird it. Catholic yes. stuff. But, uh, and, and I don't even remember how this huge relic came to be all in one piece to this place but it has something to do with the I think with France you know and the, the it was Quebec and 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 there were these um if you've ever been to a healing uh, shrine there are uh, crutches and braces that have just been left behind you know mm-hmm. and I, I wasn't a cripple uh in need of healing or seeking healing I wasn't even seeking healing okay I just went there because it was part of the itinerary on the on the tour you know and and this is what happened but um I I think that what was healed in me was my heart Mm. my heart had been broken and I just had this this peace this beautiful peace and I know it was uh Jesus's grandma (laughs) It was his mama who did it, you know, and I'm a mama, and I understand what that's all about. So uh, I'm so grateful, and thanks for thanks for sharing that, Kobe, so that I could share, you know, what um what I experienced at that time. Thank oh, you. No, thank you. And uh, I don't know if everybody has the opportunity to travel and have that kind of experience, but years ago, I'll go into a little personal stuff about things that are embarrassing. But I used to be a worship leader. I used to sing a lot. I mean, I've sung in other episodes, but there's a song that comes to mind, and uh, it's Closer by Charlie Hall. Mm-hmm. It's a worship song. And, <clears throat> excuse me, he, the chorus is, the power, no, the, the reprises, the power of your words are filled with grace and mercy. Let them fall on my ears and break my stony heart. Mm-hmm. And he sings it over and over. Uh, and we're talking about the heart right here. The heart, yeah. yeah. So, so break my heart. heart. Break, break my stone. Break my stony heart is what he says. And it's like so ugh, so powerful like yeah. when you're singing that in, in worship. And then it kind of goes back to um, we talked about experiences and how the opening call that our beloved Pope does in his addresses mm-hmm. is when the Pharisees are talking to Jesus about divorce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're asking, you know, well, Moses, you know, allowed us to divorce what do you say and his answer is very surprising mm-hmm. but almost not really but he says Moses allowed divorce because of your hardness of heart mm-hmm. but in the beginning it was not so and when we look at other scriptures throughout the Old Testament and kind of the what Christ came to do is through all throughout the Old Testament it says you know we have hearts of stone mm-hmm. like our hearts are hard mm-hmm. because of the experiences that we have with sin and suffering and, and all the stuff that, that goes on, our mm-hmm. hearts are hard. We want to protect ourselves in a way from a lot of the bad experiences that are around us. But we have to be open yeah. for that stone to be broken so that we can experience love and, and be able to love others rightly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And equal, and right, when he's talking about the Son of Man coming, he you know, says, I will take, I will cut out your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Mm-hmm. Heart of flesh, mm-hmm. yeah. 
I think that's, yeah. is that Ezekiel or Jeremiah or one or the other? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I'm so glad that, uh, that we can count on him to do that. Uh, for us because I don't want to have a stony heart no you know I want to have a heart of flesh I want to be the person he wants me to be I want to love people and be kind and all that and not be grumpy grouchy mean you know or whatever I want I want to be healed I do just like you you shared in the last episode right you can meet a person or know a person that's a grumpy person you don't want to be around them right like when I talked about with my friend when we were commuting to school and a person cut us off in traffic right my heart was hard that person's a jerk Mm -hmm. what's their deal Mm -hmm. and then my friend generously Mm -hmm. (laughs) challenged me and and tried to make my heart a little softer Mm -hmm. so that I could have that interior dialogue because if I'm not if we don't have our hearts open or soft we're not going to be open to that dialogue Mm -hmm. Um, oh what's the other it's the psalm that we always hear in the psalm in mass if today you hear his voice harden not your heart Mm. (laughs) yeah that's for sure uh, I like. I also like. Uh, I heard uh, recently at some gospel somewhere. I don't know. I don't remember exactly when, but it's in the recent past, where your treasure is, there also your heart will be. Mm-hmm. And so, what is my treasure? Because that's where my heart is. That's where my focus. That's where everything is. You know. Uh, and like you said about the little cartoon with the heart in the the brain and all that stuff. So so that's where your heart is. So what's your treasure? And then again, as you said in a previous episode, phenomenology, the experiences, what made me do that? Why did I do that? So then we kind of have to figure out what is our treasure? Is you know is our treasure ourselves and protecting who we are and you know who we want people to think we are or whatever, or is it? focused outward and in a proper place you know to God our creator you know and what he wants Uh, I know the response either today or yesterday was Lord I love your commands you know Um, teach me make me walk in the right path uh, because you got it all and and I know it's it's like St. Peter Lord to whom will we go you know you've got it you've got everything and I want to reach you one day for eternity and so show me show me if I'm I'm being dumb and stupid and obstinate you know bring me back on the path I I really want to do the right thing I really do okay yeah Yeah, that was very kind of Christ to point out um, and and still he does through the Gospels about the hardness of heart I can uh, totally trust at least from my own experience with receiving hard words from Christ if we if we have the courage if we have the confidence to go ahead and and let them settle um, into our being and then bring up what it may you know in our hearts in that dialogue that we were created for that every human person was created for because of what we just talked about from that quote from Garigou Lagrange um, it's um, it's because he knows the capacity that we have uh, to receive him and to have what he has really put, um, what he has invested in the creation of man as capable to love and to receive love, that he's he's like pressing in, you know, with those hard words. Um, he's like a good coach, you know, mm-hmm. or somebody who's a really good friend who doesn't mind actually going to the heart of the matter with you because you know the person loves you, yeah. right? And they can speak those hard things to you because you feel safe with them. Mm-hmm. And it's really a matter of being able to, of experiencing Christ that way that we can then hear those very difficult things 
and let them come in and bring up what it may. It was through the, the sexual healing and redemption course at Theology of the Body that I, that I really, um, you know, that's what's coming to mind as I'm saying these things, that we really went there with the words of John Paul II in, in whatever way they were striking us, just recognizing that every human person, no one has a completely perfect development or life Correct. without wound or hurt. Right. That if we receive the words of Christ and we notice what it is that is kind of causing the pain that is pressing in, that if we stay with that and don't run away for it or shut it down, that we have the opportunity to open to receive the healing, you know, and it, it might not be a once and done, what's well, often not a once and done thing. It's a, it's an invitation to a journey um, of, of what, of things being revealed, um, paying attention to that interior dialogue um, with ourselves and with the Lord. Um, and sometimes it, it really helps to have others in community, right, who have a similar understanding or that you have that trust and mm-hmm. you feel that safe mm-hmm. space. Yeah, you need right? to feel safe. You yeah. need to have that safe space mm-hmm. to be able to um, to process these things. I think that's one of the things that happens with theology of the body a lot of times in proclamation. If there isn't, um, if there isn't a safe space, a community um, that it's being encountered in, it can be a little bit jarring. I think some people have almost despaired of the teaching yeah. in yeah. some sense yeah. because seemingly things have gotten more dark rather than light, <laughs> right? Since we've received it, but. Um, but that's not always a tell a you know a, a, a good gauge of whether something over time could be a real effective and um, and very profound way of healing. Um, sometimes you know it gets a little bit worse before it gets better. But again, that being able to encounter the teaching with others who you trust and you have you feel like you can be safe in opening up and going to that those places and processing things is always an ideal situation and I feel grateful like I think theology of the body institute which we talked about in the beginning of us all having that experience mm-hmm. yeah. really created that environment gave me a good example you know when um, the other discussion question you have is you know what do we mean when we say a person is unique and unrepeatable I think you already answered that mm-hmm. as in like the way that we encounter something is going to be unique and repeatable to who we are mm-hmm. how we receive that or how it's presented to us depending upon who or how can shape how we receive it or respond to it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if a person is in a place where they, you know, may despair, you Mm -hmm. know, how, how they encounter this could be positive or negative. Um, I know Christopher says quite often, you know, I'm not here to, to wag a finger, but to help point you to the truth per se. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. it was, it was really cool. in one of his other shows, he mentioned he went to a conference with a bunch of theologians and he said, uh, you know, someone corrected him on something that he said. You know, theologians are going to make sure everything's technically mm-hmm. correct. And he said, you know, I don't, I don't really consider myself a theologian. I consider myself an evangelist. Mm-hmm. I'm here to tell good news. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my mission yeah. in life. I'm here to tell good news. And so someone who is a, a effective preacher mm-hmm. or pastor, they're going to get to know the unique and unrepeatableness of their flock or the people they're trying mm-hmm. to minister to just as the Lord speaks to us yeah. where we are in our journey. Individually. Mm-hmm. Individually in our journey. And it's not going to be the same as the person next to us. We may have common mm-hmm. threads mm-hmm. that we connect or have community over. Yeah. But that interior dialogue that we have is ours. It with, is. With Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I'd like to comment um, on that same thing, and it's about the uniqueness and the unrepeatability and all that. All right. Um, I feel like, you know, at my age and all this, and reflecting back on things, um, I, I think that we all, maybe this is a common experience that all people share. I don't, I don't know. Please weigh in on it. We all desire to be known, to be known, to be understood, to be accepted, right? Or to be appreciated yes. or all of the above. Mm-hmm. Okay. But only God can really know us and understand us completely mm. because he knows our heart, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so, and we don't even know ourselves because from a psychological standpoint, and I'm not a psychologist for sure, but I know that we have defense mechanisms where we will excuse ourselves, yes. make, you know, permit ourselves to do this or that or say or think or feel, act in a certain way because we can't really look at the real true us, you know, completely because the naked truth might be, you know, ah, <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I don't really want to be that person, you know, that kind of thing. So we give ourselves permission to do things. So we don't really know ourselves completely. We can't because we defend ourselves because mm-hmm. we need to to protect, you know, um our own self-image of what we think of ourselves, right? Yeah. Okay, and I know that a lot of people that have been raised in, in, a, in a rough environment or something like that, they may have more defense mechanisms than others, and that's why, you know, you can't yell at the guy who cuts off, you know, whatever, you know, that same old guy. <laughs> that poor guy, he didn't even know he was going to be memorialized. Know, right? <laughs> He's just driving along. Okay, anyway, so, so, um, so only God can know us deeply and that's why we can't judge other people Mm -hmm. because what you see is not what you get there's something else going on in there the guy driving and only god can know the whole story even the guy himself doesn't know his whole story but we all desire to be known and that's one of those covenant things that i think that he does know us i before before i created you I, i knew you Right. You know, so, you know, when right. you sit and stand, he knows, you yes. know, that. So he knows us and we can be confident in that and, and rest and rely on his knowledge mm-hmm. of us. Mm-hmm. And he still loves us. Yes. No matter what. Beautiful. Okay, there you go. That's me. Yeah. I'm done. No, it's good. And you say defense mechanisms and we say hard heart and recalling one of our first episodes, shame. You said it. There you go. Yeah, We're yeah, trying to protect yeah. ourselves yeah. because we deserve to be loved rightly. However, we need to learn our experiences. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that we can re-examine or reevaluate mm-hmm. where we are um, maybe putting up a hard heart where we don't need to. Mm-hmm. So like I said, the Lord knows us. He, he cares. He's there. And we're still trying to run from him. Yeah. And so that interior dialogue that we've you know mentioned a few times is the Lord is calling us to himself. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if today you hear his voice, harden heart not your, your heart. Because he will love you. Mm-hmm. He will cherish you. He will hold you. And uh, give you a heart of flesh. It's so much more beautiful than a heart of stone. Yeah. Heart of stone is a bad place to live. Yeah, yeah, it's rough. It's yeah, I'm picturing. I've been there. I'm picturing gray <laughs> granite. <laughs> yeah. You know, just kind of. Yeah, I, don't know. I can relate to yeah. that at yeah. times. Yeah. Oh I've yeah, heart been of stone. there. Been there too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Depends on the day. <laughs> 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 See, she might cut you off in traffic. You know, oh, okay, yeah. okay. Well, it's funny because like, I still drive that way now. Like, I don't say I drive like a pawpaw, but <laughs> I don't really go that much over the speed limit anymore. And I pay attention to other people, and 
And it's because that that moment, right, softened my heart a bit. Mm-hmm. There you go. See, it worked. Yeah. Yeah. She she rubbed yeah. off on it your, your little yeah. yellow friend. Yeah. So Ashton, if you're listening, you've made an impact in my life all these years. <laughs> oh. look, look at that. Uh, one little tiny experience, and you just don't know how far that's going to go. That's mm-hmm. great. I love that. Yeah. Okay. What yeah. else, y'all? So I think we may have one more discussion question we'll kind of touch on, and then we'll mm-hmm. wrap up. But okay. uh, we have, so what is the heart, or how does the heart relate to the dignity of the human person? So we've talked about interior dialogue. We've talked about, you know, what does it mean when we say, what is the heart? A person is unique and unrepeatable. Mm-hmm. How is it that a heart relates to the dignity of the human person? Yeah. I think that the, the person, as I said, is unique. And, and they have a right to be unique because God made them unique and unrepeatable. That's God's plan. That's his business. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so we're made in the image and likeness of God. And so by that sheer fact, everyone has extreme dignity. And that's what's happening right now that, you know, we, we don't respect peop- other people. We mm-hmm. don't respect life and, you know, so forth and so on. But um, I also what comes up to me about that is that the person has has a conscience, whether good or bad, you know, mm-hmm. whatever formed or ill formed, uh, and that that their behavior is very uh, definitely influenced by that little interior voice from coming from the heart. You know, the conscience of that person to do this and not do that, choose this and don't choose that, um, and to choose. Uh, correctly um and that we have to we also have to be careful too um of of false um teachings or whatever that may influence us to form a conscience we have to be careful Mm -hmm. about that and i think that's why parents have such a very serious obligation to form their children uh they're the first educators with uh, with a correct conscience and that that the dignity of the person you know has to be respected of course but that their conscience is also respected but it has to be formed properly they have to hear the truth you know and be educated so anyway that's just a comment i wanted to make about the conscience of a person yeah. and their dignity okay yeah so i think a lot of our ethics um, about a lot of the ways that we kind of value um, how we react to people and what we what we will do or not do to them um, has to do with like considering the value of the person in that unique and unrepeatable um, person that they are. Um, you know, it's it's a um, it's I'm I'm fascinated that. Um, that our biology actually speaks to the very primacy of the heart because when we are formed in the womb, it's the first organ to develop. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? How that is a very primary place. And I mean, what's in my mind now is just thinking about people who have, who exist, um, for long, long periods of time and they seem to have no, uh, brain activity, you know, Mm -hmm. consciousness Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to interact or, or even are thought not to understand Mm -hmm. and maybe have come back at some point Mm -hmm. and been able to say all that time. I heard you. I was processing what was going on around me, Mm -hmm. even though there was no sign out, you know, that you could, um, that you could detect in the scientific ways that we evaluate, Mm -hmm. um, whether a person is conscious or not. Um, and I, I just, I think it's a, it, it's just a testimony or, or, or an, a confirmation or, 
of the truth of like that the, that the human person is much more like mm-hmm. our bodies mm-hmm. are a, they do speak of what is um, intangible in us in some certain way um, and that we you know that we we honor um, the existence of the person um, even when they might not be able to interact I mean that's a that's a huge piece of what we believe as far as the Disarmo Foundation, right? Especially yeah. with affirming the, the right to life, life. right? Life, you know? all life, um, in every every condition, you know, um, every stage, every every. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I love. There's this. There's this line in um in one of the. Uh, I love. I was researching and I came across um, the Personalist Project, which I I tend to. I want to read more about and learn more about, but um where it just des- it describes um. Well, it uses a quote from uh, from John Henry Newman about um, a personalism where he speaks about the infinite abyss of existence. Cool. In the interior, <laughs> yes, in the interiority of each person. Mm. And I think it's really at the heart of when we talk about, like, what will we tolerate being done to a human person if we consider that there's an infinite abyss of existence in the interiority of a human person. Um, if if what we believe about um, each one of us being created, um, and that we we will exist for all eternity, mm-hmm. right? What is the capacity with, which in, within the human person um, in the interior life? You know, it's really. When you say capacity. Would you? What do you mean? Like, how much? How much you can take? How much you can give? What What are you referring? Can to? Can you get to the end of it? The can end of you, what? Can you cap it off and say this is enough, or this is no longer, you know, lo- no longer? We We've come to the We've come to the complete end of like being able to tap into the worth of the person oh the worth yeah. of the person okay so okay so and and their capacity for how what might become anew within them or what might come forth from them mm-hmm. um just by outward signs or the ways that we perceive them and interact with them okay so there's no limit really it's an infinite uh possibility the in the infinite possibility within each person yeah wow wow yeah mm-hmm. yeah and that would be uh, a very that would a- absolutely um influence the dignity of each person right there's right. i mean there's it's un it's untold worth right, right. we don't even know worth. right and it's none of our right. business to know how much because god judges you know that that capacity right. and whether we accomplish it we reach it we meet it we cooperate with his grace you know to the 100 mm-hmm. percent or, or whatever so and you don't know when you know that you hear these uh, deathbed conversions and that that kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. you can't you can't write anybody off. You right. can't. You can't. Right. Because God, God only only God knows. Right. You See, know, there dignity, mm-hmm. unrepeatable, unique. So just quickly googled right the probability of a single person being born, yes. and the estimation is one in four hundred trillion. Oh wow! Yeah. There you go. Can't even fathom that number. Mm-hmm. No. How large that is. I'm not good at math anyway, so. <laughs> I am, and that's still a really big <laughs> that's, number. That's way yeah. big, too too big for me. But it's, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that the 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 idea that, you know, the dignity of a person is where, you know, it's worthy and proper that we are we're created for love. 
yeah mm-hmm. our hearts are unique and unrepeatable and 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 tell that to the world yeah. there's never going to be another us there's going to be another adele or becky or colby or tom right we are unique and unrepeatable there won't That's ever right. be another mm-hmm. you might happenstance find a doppelganger that looks a lot like you yes yeah. <laughs> or even if you're twins mm-hmm. right right genetically similar there's a lot of things yeah. but right there's still different people mm-hmm. and each we all have our own again interior dialogue that the lord has with us and uh it kind of just maybe just wrap up think about the gospel this past weekend mm-hmm. you know the the, the banquet mm-hmm. yeah you know don't take the seat of esteem mm-hmm. you know place yourself have humility and be mm-hmm. lower so that when you know the steward of the feast or whatever comes and and calls you to to sit higher mm-hmm. we're all daughters and sons of god mm-hmm. right we're all called to be at that seat yeah whether someone else recognizes it or not mm-hmm. correct and it's you know the lord is calling us to slowly through revelation get a, a taste of that for us in this life so that we can come to know him yeah and how he already knows us yeah yeah he knows along with that you know speaking to that gospel one of the things as i was uh, meditating on it is like oh no i love the lowest place then you get to see the diversity you know and the and the uniqueness and have that perspective to take in the what what's really going on in um in the heart of each person in the interaction at the banquet table and get the full feast right <laughs> instead of um instead of being at the at the front because to me i think if i was sitting at the head i would be really anxious i would <laughs> i would be really anxious to keep my myself you know in that position and welcome there and how do i act so that i can be a lot of pressure a lot of pressure the person that worries about other people like watching the back of your head and see what's going on (laughs) right yeah right so i'd rather sit at the back and kind of maybe that's why we sit in the back pew of church (laughs) oh i I, yeah i like sitting in the back pew. i know i try to force myself to go to different places so it's it's not to sneak out or not be recognized so that you can you can observe and the perspective yeah, of perspective all. and enjoy everyone yes. else worshiping yeah. exactly yeah. okay okay yeah. that's yeah. Cool. okay to see can, the beauty of the human person yeah and okay okay awesome yeah. so as we kind of maybe wrap up the you know we've mentioned echo and and you know, i keep saying over and over we're kind of being repetitive but all of our early and foundational episodes we talk about solitude we've talked about shame we've talked about you know being called to be a gift of self all of these common experiences mm-hmm. also come from the heart in our core, right? Yeah. Who we are, our soul, yes, mm-hmm. but we are body and soul, right? And our our body also feels these feelings, and so it's you know when you have those those feelings of solitude or shameful or having a hard heart, you know it's kind of like we talked about in the last episode too is you know reflecting on our experiences to figure out okay why do I have a hard heart, mm-hmm. Lord how are you how are you trying to speak to me here instead of just saying you know stop talking I don't want to hear that. You know, we have, what, two ears and one mouth? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Double. Yeah. Yeah. Double listening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've said it multiple times, but, you know, if today you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, thank you for joining us again. Uh, I'll be honest, I don't quite know exactly what episode we're doing next, but it's going to be great. So That it will. Uh, <laughs> surprise, surprise. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do so. And uh, we hope to have you join us again. Thank you. And thank you for joining us today. You can find everything we referenced and discussed in today's show notes. 
If you'd like to contact us with a question or comment or anything you want to share, let us know. Please send an email to handbookfh1 at gmail.com. Again, that's handbookfh1 at gmail.com. Please subscribe to this podcast. We're available on all major networks such as Spotify, Apple, or Google. If you have a minute, please leave a review. Honest, what you think. We definitely want to know. Share with your friends, family, anyone who is human that you think could benefit from these conversations. Handbook for Humanity is a production of the DeZormo Foundation, a nonprofit whose goal is to support the dignity of life, born and unborn. If you would like to support Handbook for Humanity and our mission to share truthful conversation about the body, spirit, sexuality, and being a better human today and yesterday, visit DeZormoFoundation.org. That's D-E-S-O-R-M-E-A-U-X Foundation.org. To donate, look under Funds column and choose Theology of the Body. Thank you for your prayers and support.